This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. Dobbins. And today is a solo episode. Whoop, whoop. It's just the two of us. It's just the two of us. <laughs> hey, <right>. hey, <laughs> hey. But before we get into our segment real quick, um, we got a new one coming up, but I just wanted to see, how are you doing, Aaron? I'm... How are you doing this week? Doing all right. Anything cool happened this week? Um... No, I mean, this no. week I've been, like, really recovering from my ankle sprain, so <laughs> been recovering from that this week, and I've been sleeping because the weather has been... Dreary? <laughs> Very. It's Very been, cloudy. Yeah, cloudy, gray. Ashley was late today only because I slept, and <laughs> I woke up. I was like, it's 2.30? Boy, <laughs> get your life. I mean, I got here exactly at three o'clock, but I was flooring that boy in the rain. <laughs> in the rain. Well, it's it's a blessing that you made it here on on unhurt. You know, I said unhurt. Jesus, unbothered, and <laughs> Jesus help me, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. But um, how was your week? My week was great. Uh, you know, I feel like I can be more. I need. I'm still trying to work on getting into the swing of things pertaining to uh, my work ethic. I'm still having a hard time. That's That also has to do with me out of routine, not on my medication like I should be, which is going to be a, a B-I-T-C-H to Ooh. get back on. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it makes me sick for four days before, I, before it, my body acclimates to it. So it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I'm like a little bit low-key hurt that you got to see a little cutie I've been having my eyes on yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had great conversation, too. He's cool. Little cutie. Yeah, I was, I was getting information, like, you know, storing in my head so you can know I everything. mean, that's a real friend. Yeah, and then she gonna say... You better not have been flirting with my, with my man, with my, with my man in my head. My man in my head. <laughs> But I, I thoroughly... Am- I don't take ownership of that man. Yeah. He is free to roam the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfazed, unbothered. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if my shot ever got presented, I'm going to try to take it. <laughs> Shout out to Ra and his no, ra- no That's reservations. That's not who I'm talking about. By the, yeah, like, I, I know. I, I mean, you put that oh. in there right at the end of my speech. Oh, I was going to I was going <laughs> to like say like where I was at. I was at... It was not that man. Okay. It's, <laughs> Ra is a friend of the unicorns. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and he does something that's called No Reservations. Um, and it's been a while since he did his last one. And I went uh, yesterday, and it was at the whiskey parlor. And shout out to Ra for naming this drink. It was called um, uh, Take One. No. What was it? Table for one. There we go. Table for one. It was a it was a great drink. It had gin in it and it had something else. I have four of them bitches. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Asia didn't get me hip in time about her location. So <laughs> so here's the thing. We planned on going to trap art first. And all then, the tickets and all. Yeah. So we were we were going to go to Trap Heart first and then go to the no reservation thing. But I didn't realize that the no reservation thing started early. And I mm-hmm. think it kind of like died down once I left. Because I left, I left, um, I want to say close to, might have been 12, 12, no, like 1231. That's when I kind of left there. And I was like, well, I got to go, like, just at least stop in the show face at the trap art thing, which was cool. I had the little bit of time that I had there was cool. Met at, at the no reservation thing. I had a lot of fun. I looked cute, too, that day. Um, I looked cute for no reason, though. <laughs> no, you look cute for Aaron. That's what you look cute for. But no reason. No, you look cute but, for Aaron. I look cute for myself every day. I wouldn't say every day. But, uh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tried it. <laughs> <laughs> that light read what is that shade <laughs> i mean we, do we all look cute every day though i'd like to think i look cute every day i mean i think we're all <laughs> beautiful every day 
But when I say cute, I mean done up. Uh, I don't be done up every day. See? <laughs> that takes See? too much effort. See, it does. It does. I just be like, you look approachable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys, we have a new segment. And it's going to be so much fun. It's called Movie Madness. Movie Madness. Movie Madness. And <laughs> Movie Madness, we're just going to... We're gonna like pick apart some movies that couple we've, movies, yeah, a couple movies that we've seen. Um, I think for you guys is that are in visual arts is very important. People that do like creative direction, very important. You know, we tend to talk about a lot about music on here. Mm-hmm. But um, Aaron, she really loves um, movies. Love them. She loves like watching movies and whatnot, and picks apart. And analyzes them and whatnot. So I think that this will be a great segment for us to just talk our hearts out um, about two movies that we both love and adore. I'm um, very nervous about this, so. <laughs> but you know, whatever. There's no, there's, there's no need to be nervous. Um, so the two movies that we're gonna pick apart are Get Out and Us. And Us, it got by Jordan Peele. Yes, by by Jordan Peele. You know. Um, us, it got mixed reviews. And like Aaron and I saw what our friend Angel, Angel's dear to our heart. And we we both we all three of us thought that movie was amazing. But if you go on Twitter, you know, us us individuals on Twitter, they didn't really like it. They wasn't really fucking with it. Mixed um, reviews. Mixed reviews. You know, there's you know, there's the people that, that really fucked with it because I think they actually watched it. Mm-hmm. But do you have any reasons why you think that people didn't like us? I think that they were trying to think too much about the direction that Get Out went. Mm -hmm. And that being his first movie as in like fully directed, all the ideas poured into that one movie and then trying to compare it to us. That that could have like confused them in a way, yeah. Because they're like holding it up to this higher standard, like Get Out set such a high bar, mm-hmm. and then they're like, okay, but how does this compare to Get Out? And it's a lot of things in us that like could go over people's heads, like yeah. if they're watching just one time. Mm-hmm. And Get Out was more like digestible or more relatable to like a sense of like easy, yeah. spoon fed. Mm-hmm. Like ideas. I mean, it wasn't like spoon fed, but like the overall was more relatable. Like more yeah. relatable to what to they might people. be experiencing. Yeah. So us black people, we had we had get out, and get out was so amazing because I feel like you know, like she said, you know, there was a lot of hidden things that were in that movie, but the overall picture was more was more digestible to the just the. The average watcher, not the one that's looking to see like what what um, little details, the minute things that you know you might not catch the first time. Because I, when I first saw Get Out, I was like, "Oh, this is dope!" You know, the second time I saw, it, I was like, "Oh my god, like this is amazing!" Yeah. And then the third time I saw it, I'm like, "Wow, this movie has so much more to offer than what." Just one person, just if you watch it one time, like the first time, it's very entertaining movie. And I think that's why people put it on a higher pedestal than us, because with us, from the very jump, like, well, both scenes, I mean, the first scene in Get Out and the first scene in Us are, they're both very important and yeah. pivotal moments of the movie. Because it helps you like pick up like what is mm-hmm. like sets the tone for the rest of the movie, kind of. But Get Out, it was more it was more relatable to black people because it was just more entertaining. It was just like blatantly, fuck white people. <laughs> you know? You know, you got this crazy white bitch, she going after the after the nigga. <laughs> and then you, you got know? the black people. I should just imagine like I didn't go to like like I didn't go to Fairlane for uh <laughs> for Get Out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love Fairlane for the sense, you know, sitting amongst <laughs> black people and listen to their commentary <laughs> is like what makes scary movies hilarious. Yes, yes. <laughs> makes horror films <laughs> hilarious because niggas. <laughs> but yeah. 
<laughs> I can imagine. Be like, I told you not to trust that white bitch at oh. the beginning. And you was with that white bitch. And then look what you look what she did. Look what she did. One of the times I saw Get Out, it was nothing but black folks in the movie theater. And all you heard was, fuck that white bitch. Fuck that white bitch. And then, kill that bitch. At the, kill that bitch. Because <laughs> it, it, yeah. it kind of plays into like, all right, we're already like mm-hmm. going through these issues with white people, yeah. <laughs> and then like here's like our affirmation and not to trust them, yeah, kinda. But and I wouldn't say not trust all white people. That's not mm-hmm. that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like it Me was kind of you got to earn their trust. Yeah, <laughs> you got to earn my trust. It's kind of like you you seeing this, and it's supposed to be scary, but then you're finding the humor in the mm-hmm. movies because like Jordan Peele is a comedian. <laughs> And, like, I don't know. Like, the whole immersive experience of Get Out was kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, the first thing I want to do, I'm going to compare the first the first opening scenes of Get Out versus Us. Okay. So, in Get Out, you know, you have the... What's that man's, that man's name again? The one that got killed in the first scene? Um, well, he didn't he get, didn't get killed. killed. He got, got kidnapped. kidnapped. But, yeah. What's his like name? Like his real name or I the fr- name in the movie? His real name. What's his real name? Uh, Layla. Le- 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 whatever. Whatever. What is his yeah. name? I, I know. He's fine as wine. But. <laughs> hey, I just anyways. watched a movie with him last night, though. Lakeith. Yes, Lakeith. Did you, I didn't, it took me a while to realize that he played Snoop Dogg on Straight Outta Compton. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I knew that. Yeah, it took me a while to realize that. But anyways, you know, first scene of Get Out, you have Lakeith. Walking in this super suburban white neighborhood, but then you have this, Andre. That was his name yeah, in the movie. Andre. You have Andre <laughs> walking in this super, super um, white neighborhood, and then you have um, a song playing, and you have him talking to his girlfriend. Remember, that's yep. also important that Talk- he's on the phone with his girlfriend and is suspicious about being in that neighborhood. Yes, and he's like. Mm-hmm. Um, my man's got me in the middle of this neighborhood, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And because, like, you know, black people will be on a little edge, you know, mm-hmm. walking through, especially a black male, male walking through, like, a suburb or predominantly white area. Because mm-hmm. you, like, they already got their red flags. Like, they see me walking down the street. They're going to automatically assume I don't belong in this area. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then you have that that song playing in the background. And, um, the, like, the car? Like, the music from the car, Yeah, right? the music in the car. Which is in his in his own like you got to look up that kind song of, of foreshadowing yes foreshadowing of what's gonna happen amazing and then he gets he gets snatched put him in a car remember he was already cautious about this car he like yeah. why is this why is this car right because you know yeah again black people mm-hmm. are already like if I'm in a white area my senses are already heightened mm-hmm. this car is riding by slow that can also relate to like. Depending on what area he grows through, mm-hmm. like slow cars riding by, it's already I'm already on edge. It's dark. <laughs> it's dark. You can't see in the car either. So that's yeah. riding by slowly. Then he does a turn around, and then like he's still on the phone with his girlfriend. Like, all right, but I'm gonna call you back. He does get off the phone with his girlfriend right before, mm-hmm. and he's like. And then he's talking to himself because he's, like, analyzing this whole situation. Yeah. So he sees this car stop. He's like, man, I'm just going to go the other way. Yeah. So already on his senses, uh-huh. <laughs> like, and then he sees the man disappears <laughs> from his line of sight. Like, where this nigga go? Right. I was about to go in the other direction. Where this nigga go? ain't got time for though? this shit. ain't got time for this shit. Okay, so then in the opening scene of Us, um... You see the pan out of the rabbits. The rabbits. The which, rabbit wall. Yes, which, if you guys pay attention, there's 11 cages in each row. And there's 11 rows of, of, of rabbits. So that's very important because throughout the whole, the whole movie, 11 is super important. I don't know if you caught that, Aaron. Did you catch that? I only that? watched the movie once. Okay. Well, Remember? You went yes. three times. I told you. I found that out on online too, though. Okay. Yeah. So, I, when I watched this, the movie, um, but, well, before they saw the rabbits, it gives you the whole breakdown of these empty tunnels, and yeah. nobody knows what's going on, what's, what the government is using these tunnels for. So, and then you see these rabbits, 
And then they also have a song playing in the background of that. So, like, at the beginning of both movies, when you compare and contrast, they both have song in the beginning that that uh, is very important to the whole concept of the movie. And then the first scene is also, like, a very pivotal moment of the movie. So if you miss, if y'all got, if y'all was on CP time to us <laughs> or get out, you need to go back and see it again because, like, you're not going to understand. You, at, I think even if you were, like, weren't on CP time and watched it us through just once, you still have to go back and, like, fully digest it. I need to go back, guys. Yeah. But, like, I got a, I got a good amount of the information through mm-hmm. the first run through. Mm-hmm. But I really do need to go back and just, like, sit and just digest it all again. But, I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> so, the first two scenes, in a sense, they are... Of the first two scenes of the movies, I wouldn't say they're identical. But th- the way Jordan Peele uh, runs his movies, like... You cannot understand this movie without understanding these first two scenes. Do we have to label this episode as like a spoiler alert in case people don't see the uh, us? In I time? would hope by then they would have saw. I mean, you would hope. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. We should have. I should have delayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but we're only on the opening scene of yeah, us. <laughs> yeah. So you you have these rows of cages, and within these rows of cages, there's rabbits. So when I first saw the movie. It was talking about, you know, what do they do with these with these underground tunnels? And I see these rows of rabbits, cages of rabbits. I'm like, like, oh, what is what is the government using for these tunnels? I instantly think of, okay, rabbits. And there's a whole bunch of them. I'm thinking they cloning rabbits. That's what I immediately thought. I think I I just took it as like, I mean, not cloning rabbits, but like, right, rabbits multiply themselves. Yeah, they, quite easily. They and do quite fast. Yeah, they do. They just whoop yeah. rabbit. Multiply. They're they having babies, like thirty though. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't know if it was like, well, the government trying to clone people. But then you're thinking about science experiments. Yeah, I'm thinking about like science what, experiments. What science experiments use? They use a lot of rabbits. Yeah, they use rabbits. Um, and then they had like a sprinkle, sprinkle of black ones. So I'm like, are these like the defected ones? Like, are they like the ones that didn't work out? Like they didn't clone right? So then I'm thinking, okay, that's immediately what I thought in the beginning mm-hmm. when I saw that. Um, I'm like, well, why are why are there only like four black ones and the rest of them are white? That's that's something I thought. But the continuation of rabbit throughout the the rabbits throughout the whole movie was there. And you know, I read on the internet that you know the girl's shirt when I got snatched, mm-hmm. her shirt said uh, though. And that's Vietnamese for a rabbit. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And um, <clears throat> I was looking up the meaning of why they use rabbits. Uh, there's like different different ideas. And the the only one that was like continuously reoccurring was the act of like rebirth. Like a new, and then like rebirth as in like there's a new chapter and that new chapter is going on the surface. Okay. And then as well as the rabbits are directly... Directly, um, they're directly attached to the tethered. The tethered ones are being as the ones that are in the red, the red jumpsuits and whatnot. So the beginning of the scene, those rabbits are in the cages. They're in prison, right? The tethered are in prison. They're not loose. You know, they're not up on the ground. At the end, the last scene, all of the rabbits are running around, jumping around in the tunnels. So each tethered each tethered person had was assigned to a rabbit. And then each person that, that let out, I mean, each tethered person let out those rabbits. So, like, they're escaping. They're out of prison. They're going to go to the new surface. And the rabbit at the last scene that we see with Jason, the son, he's holding that rabbit. That rabbit is the original, is the real mother the real girl that got snatched and then put into the cellar down there. And I thought that was, that was amazing. Like, I didn't even think about that. Cause he, he's holding this rabbit and he's looking, he's looking at her with this, like, I know what you did, bitch. I know what you did. And he's holding the rabbit that belonged to his, 
would have been his mom. You know what I'm saying? But that crazy bitch. Are you talking about the very end? Yeah, the very end. Okay. The last scene. But let's talk about, like, before that. So let's talk about when she was younger and before she went to that tunnel. The Jeremiah 1111. Yes. That was on mm-hmm. the cardboard of the homeless man. Yeah. So Like, staring at her mm-hmm. and watching her go past that certain point. So what Jeremiah 1111 is, let me, let me, let's read it. Um, uh, This is the new translation, I think. (laughs) Go to the King James version. King James? Okay, I can do King James. Therefore, therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. And then, like, the translation, mm-hmm. <laughs> so people, like, you know, King James Version is a little... <laughs> I've only read King James Version. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, same. Uh-huh. Most churches still go by just King James. Um, therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring evil, I mean, bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. All that, Although they cry unto me, I will not listen to them. Is what... That's what old girl was saying. There's a little girl. She keeps following me and she won't go away. Um, You know, like in the movie when she's talking to her husband on the bed, Mm -hmm. how that little girl, she sees her all the time and she won't get away. And she's like coming after her and she can't escape her. Yeah. And so like Jeremiah 11, 11, those that darkness that they can't escape are the tethered. Because they are banned. Yeah. They're, yeah. So you can't escape yourself. You can't escape yourself. So, like, one of the things that Jordan Peele talked about was um, the whole concept of the movie could be summed up in the monster in you, what's good and what's evil yeah. pertaining to yourself. And that's what the whole concept of that movie was. And maybe that could be a reason why people didn't understand that movie because they don't want to realize that they have good and evil in themselves. And then, you know, you got to contrast that to get out where it was just like the evil people in the movie are just the white bitches. <laughs> you got to call them white bitches. Yeah. I understand. But like, yeah. Or, or it could be or like. just like, I mean, I guess, I yeah. guess you would just contrast it with just the white people. <laughs> I could call them bitches. <laughs> I mean, come but, on now. They was bitches for what they were doing. They I'm not were. saying all white people are bitches, if that's what y'all think. I'm saying the people <laughs> that on that movie, they were bitches. But they yeah. Steal my, they my wanted, athletic They yeah. wanted to be, have the abilities of black people. Which, to me, like, that could be... And that could, that could like, relate to culture in general. Yeah. I mean, you think about, you think about, like, Nip Tuck and 90210... I mean, what's next? They're going to start, you know, making it so that people can run as fast as black folks. <laughs> Not necessarily taking their whole brain and whatnot and switching it. But, I mean, hey, they trying to get the curves, the lips, the complexion of black folks. True. And they, the only thing that they don't have is, like, the athletic abilities. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it do be, like, a different drive. Yeah. I think, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> oh, oh, another thing was like um, when I was reading about those rabbits. Okay. It said, um, it was like Jordan Peele broke it down to duality. They were like test subjects and they were the abandoned, the abandoned experiment, the rabbits as well as the the tethered. So like they were their only thing that they could do was eat those that raw rabbits that were abandoned. And then um it also talked about like you think about it, you can also think about the tethered <clears throat> being in a rabbit hole. They're going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Going down the escalator into that rabbit hole. You know, you're surrounded by all this this trauma and whatnot. And then um he said that he thinks that rabbits are evil <laughs> because they have scissor-like ears. And then that was one of the reasons why. The reason, the, the they, correlation with the, the scissors. scissors. Yeah. But you know what I couldn't find out? I want to know why they had one glove on their right hand. All of the, all of the tethered, they had 
that glove, it was just their right hand. And that's the hand that they used to kill with, was their right hand. They really just had it. I, I didn't even peep that. They really just were it on right one hand? Yep. Oh, they did. One hand. That's the that's the one that they used to kill with. And they say that they're all right-handed. Yeah. There's no lefties. The Ooh. tethered are not lefties. Discrimination. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That's crazy. I didn't even I didn't even peep that. Now looking through these pictures, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And then like I was wondering, like, they're in like these prison like jumpsuits and then the 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 way that they were tethered that she was tethered it was like she was in a prison cuz it cuz you know how the rabbits there in those cages which are prisons and then the way that she used to chain her up were those handcuffs that you use for a prison yeah so like that's another thing that you can you could really think about with that movie and then um if you also the correlation between the rabbits and the tethered is that um once once the rabbits were freed the tethered were able to walk like upright and not just like kind of like that weird stiff movements that they were doing in in there mm-hmm. if you think about like when at the end where she saw the people in there or when the tethered was going upstairs into that to that fun house to to trap the girl but the correlation between the rabbits and those and those people in the red jumpsuits was was crazy. It was crazy. But and then and then bring that full circle. If you think about Get Out, Get Out also had had um, direct correlations with humans and and animals, which was the deer. Yeah. And how did you feel about the deer? Like when you first saw it, what did you think that that correlation was for that? I honestly didn't know. I didn't know. Do you know now? I don't think so. So, like, people, um, slave masters would refer to black people as young bucks. Okay. Because they're strong and they're fast. And then they use that buck as, like, a symbolism of, like, what's going on and whatnot. And he was, basically, the buck was killed by the environment and then... They tried to kill black guy by, you know, the white environment. Okay. Think about it in that way. But okay. Yeah. So, like, when I was watching that, some girl, she was like, oh, yeah, like, they refer to slaves, black men, as young bucks. You don't ever see it. And I think about no, it. I still hear people use that reference, though. I do. I do. <laughs> I say young buck all the time. And... <laughs> I you, you Un- don't unknowing of yourself like like why would I use this but it's I mean if you're constantly here by yeah. older generations mm-hmm. using it and referring to like a strong or like black man yeah <laughs> I you would never hear a white person be called a young buck <laughs> true <laughs> you would never hear a, a, a white person called young buck at all but the I think the symbolisms the symbolism that was in Get Out. It was more for like we said before, yeah. Than than us because I mean I guess if you watch it, if you watch us and pay attention like me personally I didn't know that though was Vietnamese for rabbit so I had to look that up but like you st- you still had like you saw Jeremiah eleven eleven on the on the cardboard thing and then you saw eleven eleven and the boy was trying to like make a wish mommy and whatnot mm-hmm. and you had different different instances where it was eleven. I didn't know at first when I first saw that there was 11 rows of rabbits. I mean, no one's going to think, let me count these cages. Yeah. They're just <laughs> like, oh, this weird pan pan out. Yeah. Of these- revealing the whole wall of rabbits. You're not thinking of, I need to count this. Mm-hmm. You know that the rabbits are important because it's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And then even when they're panning out, you're still focusing basically on that one that they originally started with are you really gonna count the rows <laughs> are you really gonna sit time and be like oh peep this as they zoom out i'm gonna start multiplying a little bit oh you you know what i want to now now think about counting stuff now i want to watch it again you know when uh at the end when red made that that um she made that little hand-to-hand thing mm-hmm. of like the, the the handing of the uh, holding of the hands of the little red people i wonder if that was if there was 11 11 uh, figures holding hands. 
That would I'm be pretty it. sure it was more than eleven though. It was. I yeah, don't know. She drew it on, like it was drawn on the board. No, not on the board. I'm talking about she did the cutout. She did the cutout, and then yeah, she then she cut it to just two. Talking mm-hmm. about the tether people. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I I really don't know. Now you do have to. Yeah. I'm not gonna let you. I'm, let me get. Let me get caught up to like three before you go down for your fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, I want to peep some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how many things cut out. Have you ever did one of the cut out things? I've never done one. I just thought they looked weird anyway. Yeah, they they do. (laughs) But I used them in an ad one time, though, because it looked cool. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about people connecting with others. I also didn't know that the hand-to-hand thing that they did in the movie was real. It would only span across 16 states, but it was real. I had no idea. Yeah, I had, you, didn't, you didn't peep the commercial. I mean, I saw the commercial, but I just thought you just that thought he, that was a fake commercial. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the commercial. I thought it was fake. I didn't realize that it was real. So let's take it back to Get Out. What were some of the thing reoccurring like symbolisms that you saw in Get Out? Um, I was. Let me think. Let me think. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me something. Like trigger it. Trigger something. Okay, so there was the there was the deer. Okay. Um and then I guess at the very end, how did he save himself? How did he end up saving himself? He killed the man with the the when the, he was, the when, uh when he was about to when he was about to have to watch when he was tied up. Yeah. How did he how did he uh save himself though? How did he get out of being tied up? Not get out of being tied up, but how did he just Save himself from being brainwashed one last time with the with the uh with the TV. Think about it. He was sitting in the chair. What did uh-huh. he do? He oh, put, he had the cotton. The cotton. In he his put ears. the cotton in his ears. <laughs> put the cotton in his yeah. ears. He saved himself with cotton. The very thing that 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 slaves have to pick. <laughs> yeah, that slaves have to pick something that's traumatic in our in our minds, and then the very thing that he used to to get him out of there was something that was is triggering to black people. Mm-hmm. Which to me that was that was like very mind blowing right there. Yeah. You think about it. That I thought that was that was so wild. And then like the reoccurring of the of like the martial arts. Yeah. That like you he was he he was able to get himself out of some situations because, you know, he was he was involved in martial arts, but I now that I think about it, was it the do you think I would have thought that the brother would have wanted his his whole stature. Yeah. Cause he talked about he was like, Well, um was it the brother did jujitsu and then the other guy I think he did Muay Thai or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about jujitsu, it's you don't have to be strong. You just gotta you have to use your mind. Yeah. And if and then the other guy the the black guy he was just extremely strong and he was basically saying that you know I would love to have your body type and then with my skill set I would be amazing yeah it's just like an overall thing of like how black people are just you looked at as just as as something to obtain yeah <laughs> like it, it's so odd how because you, you do hear that in like regular conversations with yeah. some people. I would love to have this on you. Oh, I wish my skin was like yours. Oh, I wish my hair did that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just, sometimes you do just be in moments where you be like, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's like, that's why Get Out was like so relatable because it's like, you do sit in moments like like the conversations with the people mm-hmm. during the first like the picnic or where yeah. she was like introducing him to the fam. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the family, all the guests that their family that their their her parents were having uh-huh. over, and you could hear them in the conversations. But like he thought that was weird. But then that's also like conversations you have with like day to day with white people that aren't around black people often. Mm-hmm. Or the one they are around, and they still just like even like, yeah. Sometimes like because like how they were like how they were brought up. It depends yeah. on how they were brought up. Mm-hmm. Some white people don't go through a list of what they would love to have on mm-hmm. themselves. I mean, compared to I mean the way that you. they went about it though, it was but yeah, they were like, oh, you're so strong. Oh, yeah. 
it's then, more subtle in real life. It's yeah. not like that. Oh, oh, I, I really want to do this. I want to do this. I want to be like you. Yeah, and, and like touching you, like oh. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Just, just in like the aspect of sex. <laughs> black. I mean, people always. Oh, you know. I just want to have sex with a black man and experience that, you know. It's so funny. That girth so and that I length. I did have a friend that was like, I don't think I can handle a black man's penis. <laughs> Which was the funniest thing I ever experienced. I don't know. No, that wasn't the funniest thing I ever experienced. Uh-huh. But that was a funny moment because I was like, I mean, what? <laughs> it was just. It just felt so random. But then like. Yeah, that's like, cause like it's not. It's, I mean, it's not like completely true. Yeah, every there's, person is built differently. <laughs> there's some, there's some, some micro penises out there in the black community. <laughs> <laughs> micro penises. So my goodness, what would you do if you encounter one? This, this is on a random ra- rabbit hole. What would you do if you <laughs> if a micro penis? <laughs> you are facing a micro penis. <laughs> What would you do? So <laughs> that person would have to have some bomb ass foreplay because it's a micro penis though. Have you seen a micro penis? <laughs> I've never seen a micro penis. You should look it up before <laughs> I don't think that I would necessarily Have you seen a large clitoris? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is basically like a micro penis, yeah, but slightly different. Well, I guess I drew a micro penis when, when I was, but he was also <laughs> flaccid, so you know he could have been a grower when I was in Chicago. I'm gonna show you, like Brittany pulling up a, <laughs> our producers pulling up a picture. <laughs> Maybe she'll show Asia, but continue with the regular conversation. So if you had to, if you had to like compare them within like, oh what. Is that a? It looked like a little pimple. <laughs> it's micro. Oh, geez. So you telling me my acne is the same size as a micro penis? Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> my. Um, I knew somebody that that uh knew this guy, and his he he dated this woman. She was she was on crack. I don't know why this man kept having children. He was uh, and he was cheating on his wife. With this other woman that was on crack, and he—I don't know why—he just kept going back to the woman ha- with with that was on crack, having kids with her, right? Anywho, his last son that he had, he had some type of uh, uh, deformity with his penis, and the mm-hmm. the uh, the wife was like, "That's probably that's what he get, you know. He all here, you know, cheating on me with this crack addict, whatnot, blah blah blah." And you, he, she had to press into this boy's belly button for the penis to pop out. Like you, you couldn't see it. It, it. You couldn't see it unless you pressed the belly button, and then the penis would come out. Oh. That's just terrible. But so, with with the two movies, mm-hmm. do you think that critics will would judge this movie as highly as they judge Get Out? I mean, if they paid attention, I think they would. If they like sat and really like watched everything and mm-hmm. then took everything in as a connection to the full storyline, I think they would. Yeah. But I think they were too focused on comparing the two and not holding it up as a separate thing. If they held it up as a separate thing, then yes, they would put it at a higher scale because it was more thought through, more thought through, more pieces, more layers. Then get out. Get out had layers. Yeah. But there's more onion layers to us. Had a billion onion layers. Yes. And I think that people are lazy. Yeah. (laughs) So even if they did want it to like fully digest the movie, I think they would be like too lazy to like, oh, this is connected to this and this part, I see it in this part. And oh, what about that? And then this. People are too lazy to do that sometimes. Yeah, like the t-shirt that the daughter picked out when she won. Yeah. Number 11. <laughs> yeah. So that that would take that would take like much of like sometimes people are too lazy to think through or like to want to think mm-hmm. when they're watching something. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, if if people weren't lazy, yeah, and if they actually put in the time to like think of everything or think like use their mind when in, yeah. being immersed inside of a watching experience, mm-hmm. then I think yeah, they would definitely like hold it to either either uh, even higher. Yeah, I would hold um, it to platform a, than get out. I would hold it to a higher platform because it was like it topped get out and how much detail he put into yeah. it. Yeah. So much detail. Like, um, the song choices, he picked, he, whenever his movies, whoever, I don't know if he has a, like, strong, well, he did in the- Sound song. engineer? Yeah. So, um, um, Five on it, when I was that looking- That chopped and screwed, kind of like midst of it, the remix, like, because it was like slowed down, tempo shift. Yeah, so when I looked that up, uh, he said, well- the movie's taking place in the Bay Area. Um, it was a hot track. But then people started realizing something that he didn't even think of when he picked it. It was that the writer of part of the song basically didn't get any accolades at all. Oh. So, like, she was, like, left in the dust. Kind of like how um, the main character was left tethered you know with nothing to die you know what i'm saying so some people are like saying oh wow this has to do with this but <laughs> in reality jordan peele He's picked like, it i didn't even think about he that. didn't even think about that <laughs> but it's just like mind-blowing like different things that people can can think of like when they boom, watch different boom. movies <laughs> uh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yes <laughs> that slowed up version oh my god and then okay that also ties into like setting her as the tether, knowing that she was other because at the beginning when she was like in the car and they were listening to the five on it, her snapping off beat, like clearly off beat of this song. Yeah. Is kinda also tying in the fact that she's she, other because she's not even like catching the yeah. beat of the song and it's mm-hmm. a simple. And then it goes back to full circle, taking the full circle when they were when she was trying to kill the the woman, she the other one, she danced beautifully. She couldn't keep up. She couldn't. And then some people were like, oh, I knew she was the other bitch because, you know, her dancing skills weren't up on it. <laughs> and, like, with me, I I, I had, like, trouble getting down with that, that part of it because when they were both dancing, when she was dancing above, um... She got accolades of being like a great dancer because the white woman was like, "Oh, I heard that you were an amazing dancer." Yeah, but like, how is she gonna be an amazing dancer when she's snapping off beat? That's something I thought about, and I was like, "I'm but, confused." Uh, I mean, maybe she was just great compared to her counterparts. Perhaps, <laughs> but perhaps. like, she could probably like, I mean, catch some type of rhythm. I don't know. Yeah. It's like it it did it did it was weird cuz like okay, she can't snap off beat, but she was a trained dancer. Yeah. And I the, mean, she can't snap on beat. Yeah. <laughs> and then like with the tether by her being on ground, I didn't think that um her her doppelganger would then dance too. I just thought that the tether would just mimic what the people above ground were doing. I didn't I didn't understand like how she was dancing or did she start dancing first and then the other girl started dancing? I think I think that's how it went. Okay. I think the tether well, the original self yeah. was already interested in dancing and she just did that down there and then like it kinda tied to the tethered being above ground mm-hmm. or like that thinking her thinking that that was original thought from her. But it was original thought from the one that she trapped in the land of the tether. But it was an original thought of the therapist, though. Was it? Yeah, remember the therapist said. But you know, she also went through that underground, too, kind of. Yeah. In a way. I mean, mm-hmm. not not like actual because you know yeah. the tethered people couldn't talk. They couldn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just it like was, yeah. It's a very like I would I need to see it again because like I'm I've evidently you know I'm missing some things that you know that Aaron caught that I didn't catch and I saw it three times like this movie is just, I only saw it one time guys run through once yeah <laughs> this movie is so dynamic it is so dynamic 
And I that's why I would hold it above Get Out. I would. Get Out was great for the time, the time being, because at that time it was heightened. Yeah. Heightened differences between black black people and white people. It's still heightened, but it was like it was like, you know still in a cuss. Like yeah. all like all the things that went on in two thousand like before two thousand and seventeen. Cause I get out was at the beginning of two thousand seventeen, right? <sighs> Was it at the beginning? I don't know. I don't think it was at the beginning. I think it was at the. I think it was Let's like see. in the fall. Was it? I thought it was in the fall. It might have been. No, it was at February twenty fourth is when it was released. You know? Oh yes, it was, it was. at the beginning. So like yes. all the stuff that happened in two thousand and sixteen. That's had right. On it was because it was a lot of crap going. Yeah, down in it was. It was aired in Black in in Black History Month. That's right. Okay. And then this this also came out at the beginning of this year. Okay. Yeah. So like people people just thought that it was going to be about race. But us was it was a, it had a bunch of like classism pertaining to, you know, the black man, the husband trying to get at a certain amount of money that that the white people had. It talked about your inner self and the good and evil. Um it talked about the history of, you know, the the United States pertaining to uh, experiments mm-hmm. and whatnot. It was like a lot of different concepts that I don't think that people, especially black people, actually sit down and think about. And that could be a reason of why they didn't like it because yeah. they didn't even have that mindset to even think about those things pertaining to a movie where Get Out is directly relatable to to black people. Yeah. And their experience. Yeah. Okay, you want to move on to the... We're going. All right, Asia surprises me with this segment. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. I didn't think we was going to play a game during our solo episode. Yeah, but here we are. <laughs> and then, in the song choice, uh, it ties in to a certain extent within the topic. what we're going through. Yeah, yeah topics of of white people and what and <laughs> pertaining to black people. Okay. Um, so we're gonna uh, take a break and listen to the song. In front of a line of police that look the same as me, only separated by a badge, a baton, a can, a mace, a mask, a shield, a gun with gloves on hands that gives an alibi in case somebody dies behind a bullet that flies out of their nine, takes another child's life on sight. Back again, like we never left. So, Aaron, have you have you listened to that song before? No, I've never heard this song before. But yeah, I've never heard this song before because I don't think I've listened to too many Macklemore songs. To be honest, like the first yeah. song I heard was back when I first started college, which was in what 2012. That that uh, thrift shop song. Yeah, I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. <laughs> Something I'm that song is come so up. so it's, corny. It's, and Kiss the mic. Ew, that's gross. Um, so, um, do you, how do you feel about the song? Uh, your first listen of the song. My first listening of this song, I I think my first like it takes a lot for me to digest yeah. music, so yeah. I would have to have time to sit on it. Mm-hmm. But my first listen through the song, I'm like, okay, he's acknowledging. His privilege. Mm-hmm. So he's already trying to set himself apart from just being a white person or a person who just happens to be white. Yeah. Because, like, he's he's seeing the... But he's seeing, like, I've benefited off of my skin color. Mm-hmm. I've benefited off being white. Yes. So I, I like that acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Some people felt like because when the song came out, it was when Black Lives Matter like was at its was at uh, a peak. Yeah. So some people felt like I've had this conversation with another musician before uh-huh. when I was in when I was at LTU. They're like, well, I mean, he he just all he did was just make money off of a situation that was going on. I mean, but it. I think okay. I think it sometimes you kind of. Not that you need um, white people to be like, okay, to validate a cause, but it's like, it helps in a way. Like um, Tim Wise. Yeah. You familiar with Tim Wise? Mm -hmm. Well, if y'all not familiar, Tim Wise is a speaker that's white, 
and he speaks to predominantly white people on on their privilege and because white people need somebody that's white to tell them that this is wrong because it's like they almost don't listen sometimes Mm -hmm. when they it's not that bad it's yeah. not that bad. When they hear it coming <laughs> from a black person, but you hear have another white person telling them, hey, it's actually pretty messed up. We are actually benefiting from a pretty messed up situation. Yeah. And why does it take me to tell you that, hey, this is kind of kind of kind of messed up, you know? Yeah. Maybe, you know, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little fishy there. Or like, um, I can't think right now. What's the white, the old white lady that does it? Who has those talks? Old white lady. Old white lady. She's always talked about race relations. Um, I can't think of her name right now. Does she like? Is she like on CNN or MSNBC or is she just like she kind of like Tim Wise just tours around and does that? Yeah, but she's like been doing it longer. I don't know who that is, but um, Jane. Elliot. Okay. Okay. Jane Elliot. So she started like I don't know back when she started it or whatever. But she like is it shows her at a young age and mm-hmm. the film is like and she like basically kind of set up her classroom and like discriminated the brown eyes against the blue eye students. Oh. And okay. she made the blue eye the brown eye students like to a higher standard and saying that the blue eye students are superior, I mean, inferior to the brown eye students and they can't do this. And that was her way of teaching younger people about race relations. So how would they feel? Like she also like, like, I think, it, I think that was like part of the experiment, the brown and blue eyes. Was it, she did the one that she, did she start that, that doll experiment too? Um, I don't think she started the doll experiment. Okay. I don't okay. know. I don't know. She might. I don't know. She might have. But she also like went around the colleges asking white people like how like she basically she also like, yeah, her video surfaced where she was asking like a crowd of white people um, who who would want to be black, like who would want to switch their lives like who will want to be a black person in america Mm -hmm. and none of the white people raised their hands and she was like you see how you guys didn't raise your hands what's what's the if there's no difference between being black and being white why wouldn't you raise your hand saying you will want to be black yeah that's a good so why wouldn't you want to switch up your privilege if there's no privilege Mm -hmm. if there's absolutely no privilege and you believe that there's no difference in how a black person is being treated compared to how a white person is treated, then why wouldn't you want to switch it if it's no difference? That's what she does, Jane Elliott. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I think, <clears throat> I think his album was that's I'm not album that song was just as important. It was important for white people to hear as just as important for black people to hear to pimp a butterfly. I am no and by any means am I saying that he is as good as as Kendrick Lamar. No, you know he, you know, <clears throat> yeah. The the awards stuffed them that one year. Yeah, they Kendrick did. Lamar mm-hmm. <laughs> for Macklemore stuff. Yep. No lie. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now that's not me hating. <laughs> no, it was it was some bullshit. It was some bullshit. Like how how can they justify a white rapper, a white man capitalizing? And he says this. He capitalizes off black culture. He admitted it. Capitalizing off a of black culture, win an award for best best hip hop album. Of the year, like how? It makes no sense. Not not saying that like white people can't make great hip hop music, but in my opinion, they 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 don't. They, there's no way that they can make a better hip hop album than than a, a a black person. But I mean, that's just me to say. Um, I just think that it's just foul how he won and Kendrick Lamar didn't. But I'm saying this song was super important for people, white people in general, to listen to because it explained the whole concept of Black Lives Matter in a very easy way. A, a, a very easy, digestible way. Yeah. So, like, I mean, the song is long. It's, it's almost eight minutes long. But it's like it's like theatrics. Like, you hear all these, like, different commentary from white people. Um, and then you hear that the black man giving the the breakdown of what black lives matter comparing it to like a fire 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 so 
a fire on a house, you wouldn't say, <laughs> oh, it's a fire at this one house, but I'm going to water all these houses. <laughs> I'm going to put water on all these houses because all these houses are equal. All yeah. of these houses matter. But even though this fire is going on and this house is high priority because it's a fire on it mm-hmm. to to make things equal we have to spread the water out that's basically all lives matter we mm-hmm. have to spread the water out because this this burning house isn't priority but it's <laughs> like you're gonna go for the house that's the highest priority at that moment if and that that's what like I just be like, what what don't people understand? We're not Black Lives Matter isn't saying your life doesn't matter because oh, you, oh, you're you not suck. black. <laughs> We're not saying that. Or like they're not saying that. Mm-hmm. It's weird. <laughs> but it's like, what what don't you understand? If you are seeing yourself die and all like just die and just be like kind of pushed to the side, like you're deaf. There you go. Oh, I'm sorry, you died. So um, on to the next. <laughs> like, if you saw that constantly, if you're seeing constant, like, images and, like, things showing that your life is less valuable, mm-hmm. would you then say, you know, my life matters just like, I mean, my life, I guess, is equal to everybody's, even though I'm, I'm, I'm being... imprisoned. <laughs> I'm being, I'm being targeted yeah. <laughs> in a way. Is is being proven to me that my life doesn't matter, but you know your life, you know all of our lives matter. I think that that um, comparison was one of the best and easiest comparisons that I've heard. Um, and that anytime somebody tries to um, debunk Black Lives Matter, um, I always come back with that comparison. And I've been one to say on the podcast on air, I don't like th- I don't like white rappers. Um, this is the only song that I will listen to by Malcolm R. Um, I think all his other shit is corny. <laughs> um, just saying it, but you know I don't really care for his voice either. But I think the message that he put out for this song is very important, and I think that people to- need to be more aware. And I think white people in general, need to listen to this song. Yeah. Just like how I feel like black people need to listen to to Pimp a Butterfly and to to read the album. White people need to read this song. It's a very powerful song. And kudos to Macklemore for making this song. Um, I would have been more accepting if he won best song of the year over, you know, a different black person than Kendrick Lamar because I don't think that his songs are better than Kendrick Lamar. I don't think that this song is is better than any other Kendrick Lamar song that, that I listened to by him. Um, but I would be more accepting if it was something as powerful as this song. and Because I think that the album, the song that was pushed out that year was just Cornball. Mm-hmm. It was just dumb. But um, kudos to Macklemore and Ryan for making this song. Um, and I only, I only heard this song because I was listening to Sway in the Morning. And it was a dope song. I was, I was going, I'll never forget. I was on my way to work and I listened to this song. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like I, I, I had to, I had to then go download it on my phone and listen to it over and over again, like five times so that I can just fully immerse myself into this song. Yeah. But that wraps up our speaking or tweaking episode with just, I mean, segment, segment, <laughs> segment with, my lovely co-host. Um, me. Do you have any takeaways from this episode thus uh, today, Aaron? Um, my only takeaways is sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> yes. It's... If you haven't seen the movies, but even if we talked about it, we're saying that there's so much that you need to digest in these mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we assume that you might have seen Get Out, but there are some people that might have not have seen Get Out yet. Even though yeah. it's like two years old. But that's fine. That's fine. You could be on the late wave. And then it's some people that haven't seen us, us yet. And yeah. that's relatively new. That's a couple months, yeah, now. Um, so, you know, sorry for the spoiler alerts. Um, go see those movies. Go try to find a deeper meaning or like try to understand a deeper meaning in things. 
maybe the spoilers will help people. Will help better people. understand the movies, yeah. even if you just go see it once. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, we granted we didn't give away everything that happens in the movie, and no. we didn't catch all of the the different things that happened in the movie. Like you know, there was stuff that you was talking about I didn't catch, and there was stuff that I was talking about that you didn't catch. Yeah. Um, I just think go see the movies. Go see them. Go see them, both of them. Um, I love y'all, and I enjoyed this solo episode Same. so much. It was a great conversation. A conversation with a unicorn. Aaron, where can we, uh, <laughs> where can our listeners uh, find us? Of course, of course, we are, of course, recording in a notorious different studios. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And follow us on Instagram at Unicorns Are Real Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Detroit Unicorns. Because we tweet them hoes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but all right. Thank you guys. Love you. Bye. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning into the Detroit is Different podcast network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never before told stories from the people of Detroit.